Well, hello, family. Feels good to say that. You know, we're always family in the kingdom, but um, I remember being up here on a Sunday morning, uh, I guess almost two years ago, and just saying, I have a feeling that uh, we're going to be able to get to know each other a lot better than me uh, just speaking every once in a while. And so here we are. I know that I'm going to be able to tell a lot of that story. I don't want to take a lot of time tonight talking about myself and our transition and even though that would be healthy for us to do. We're going to be doing that. We're going to do a meet and greet here soon, next Sunday, right, at 4.30. So my family will be with me there, and, um, and we'll have a while to unpack for me to hear your story. All 1,000 or 2,000 of you <laughs> might take 10 years, but uh, we'll get there eventually. Um, I, would, I just had this in my heart. It was, I didn't have this in my notes. Then I was sitting on the front rows. We were worshiping, and I just felt in my heart to honor the leadership here as just kind of the first words that kind of officially come out of my mouth as coming on staff here. Um, um, can we just do that? Uh, I just felt like that it would prime the atmosphere for uh, the supernatural if we started there and uh, that the Father's blessing would be on it if I did that. So if you're an elder, will you stand? This is, ties into my prophetic word. Just, just stand. Elders, elders, spouses, stand please. Because oil does flow from the top down, so what, what doesn't happen sometimes is when the Holy Spirit starts moving, yes, Chad is supposed to be the servant of all. The elders are supposed to be the lowest because they're serving. But sometimes it gets really difficult having to be the one who's always chopping off the serpent's head. But here's the blessing is the oil does flow from the top down. That means if God is doing what I'm going to be prophesying tonight, then it's going to hit your house first. Hallelujah. And so as we're, as we're even, can we just, let's just pray for them just for one or two minutes in Jesus name. Father, we thank you. We cover them as they've been covering us. Uh, the, the scripture says that your children will rise up and call you blessed. I, I just bless these elders in Jesus name. I bless them. Father, we just thank you for a double portion of whatever you're about to do in this next season in this region. Double it in their house, in their marriages, in their families, with their kids, with kids that are are lost or away from you. Draw them back in. Do, Do a sign and a wonder in this leadership in Jesus' name. And the, the other leaders here, if you're, if you're a volunteer, let's do staff and volunteers. Just stand up. So I really sense tonight that there's something being uncorked for everyone. And it's not about me having a prophetic word. It's not about my anointing or something. God is doing something, and uh, we get to play a part to just voice what he's doing. But what he's doing right now is, is, is something that's widespread. It's not just, it, there are specific things, but God's doing something significant in each and every individual house, home, marriage, life. If you're in this room, that's what he's doing. So same thing, oil flows from the top down. If you're serving or if you're in leadership, then there needs to be a sense of expectation like Christmas morning in this next season. God's about to break in. It's a suddenly season. And, uh, and so, Father, we just thank you for these leaders. We thank you for these volunteers. Father, I speak multiplication to the volunteers. Uh, I just bless those, even volunteers that are actually supposed to take rest. Even leaders are supposed to go into a place of sabbatical or rest. We bless the holy rest that you're releasing to some in this, in this season. And uh, we just thank you for 
just splitting the heavens over every single home that's standing up in this room right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. It's been uh, amazing. I had my first week this week and uh, sharing an office with Andy Stone. Andy's been uh, great. I feel like we've become, become close friends just in the week uh, that we spent together in the same country, you know, and uh, I was, we've been in a huddle with Chad for a long time. But uh, it just feels like home. From the elders to the staff, I mean, it's almost like anticlimactic uh, just coming in, and it just feels like this is, this is how things should be. This is where I was supposed to be. And uh, so I just really appreciate um, you guys welcoming my family and my kids. I've got a nine-year-old boy, a six-year-old boy, and a three-year-old girl. And uh, uh, Gabe is the oldest. Reed is the six-year-old son. And then Abby Kate is our three-year-old. And uh, I think there's a picture of them. So you guys can recognize them. And there's my wife, Lindsay. We've been married 10 years uh, last June. Um, we got married when we were babies. Uh, no, we were 21 when we got married. And, uh, and so now uh, we have a full house. And uh, we went around the table the other day. And, you know, I love, to, I love to prophesy. I love to just speak hope in life. I'm kind of an idealist. I, I, I like staying positive. My wife is a, more, a little more of a realist. Um, so we balance each other out, but asking the kids, going around the table at dinner time, we asked them one thing that they're thankful for, and all three of them said, moving to Greenville. And uh, that's just a really big deal So to me as a dad. Um, they're having an amazing experience, and you guys are part of that. So there they are. You can say hey to them. They're not here tonight. Probably watching on live stream. <clears throat> Bedtime's in 30 minutes. <laughs> Do you all feel that? Really anointing. <laughs> um, I want to tell you this, the short version of a testimony. Um, I know a lot of us have been in transition, and part of my transition story is uh, we had to sell our house and then find a house here within about a 60-day time period. Um, and I was pastoring a church in so- just south of Atlanta, McDonough, Georgia. And uh, as we're about to move, uh, we come up here looking for houses at the table conference. We find a house. And we put an offer on that house contingent on the sale of ours. We get a buyer, lose the buyer. So we've still got the house on the hook up here. We need a buyer. We showed the house 15 times in 12 days. No buyer. It's Tuesday. Uh, we're getting into December now. We're going, all right, we're about to have to send text messages to people like, who are we going to live with? Because um, we're going. Uh, even if the house doesn't sell, we've got to move. Um, and Tuesday night, I forget the exact date, I have a dream, and then I'm standing in a white room, and there's a man standing next to me, and, he's, and he says, there's an angel over there, and I look across the room, and there's, it's just a white room, there's nothing there. And I said, I don't see an angel. And when I said the word angel, I felt a presence come from that corner of the room that was startling, and it, a hand, or the, the feeling of a hand grabbed my shoulder, and a voice said, behold, five more days of waiting. No, no more information. Um, but it had, it had been such a hard waiting period. I mean, we just felt like we were in the, you know, I've never been pregnant before, but I've had a wife who's been pregnant three times. And that last month is just so uncomfortable. You're just ready to get it over with, you know? And uh, so it, it's, it was that feeling, and uh, so we said five more days. So that would be that next Sunday. Sunday morning, we get an offer on our house. And... Uh, but they drug their feet, and we, and we had this conversation. It was a lower offer, uh, not what 
all the people around us were saying that we were going to get for our house, and they told us our house was the best house at that price point in the entire county. Um, all of the agents said the same thing, and so it was really frustrating. But then my wife and I were talking. She wanted to uh, to counter, and I did too, but I called Chad. I said, I can't, I can't mess this up. If an angel sent a buyer and I mess this up, I'm going to need counseling. Um, I can't do it. 10 or 15, whatever thousand dollars that I'm losing, I can't do it. It's not worth, uh, I'll have to spend it on counseling. Um, don't, don't have an angel send you anything and then you mess it up. Like, don't, um, don't do that. So we said, well, okay, we're going to have to accept. So we, we started accepting the offer, verbally told them, hey, okay, this is good. We need the contract, send it over. They wouldn't send it over until they saw it with their eyes. They were moving from South Carolina. Um, ironically. And uh, so they drive down. It's two days later, and they're in my house. And they're in my house, and my loan officer calls me and says, uh, there's another offer. A full price offer. Uh, I mean, night and day. Here's the funny part about this. And I, Lindsay, I hope she won't mind me sharing this story. Um, so when we get the low offer, and she f- realizes that wisdom says, you take that offer, because we're not messing up the, the angel deal. You don't, don't mess with them, you know? And, um, and she says, she's upset, because she's like, this is, this is not what you've been prophesying, because I've been telling her, there's going to be two offers. I texted Chad this. I texted all of my friends, all my prophetic friends. I'm like, there's going to be two offers. They're going to be competing. That's why we're going to get a full price offer. They're going to fight over our house and lose the buyer. No one's interested and then you get someone who just like throws out an offer like we're kind of interested. And, uh, and Lindsay says, if you hadn't been prophesying for two months that this was going to be a financial blessing for us on the way to Greenville and that got, there were going to be two offers, it would probably be easier to process this low offer. And uh, I remember walking outside and going, wow, Lord. I know it's not him. I, I, just, but I just chucked it up to like, okay, yeah, I just, I just missed it. And uh, not the hero today, you know. Um, then we got that second hour, I mean, the second offer, literally within an hour of us signing documents on the first one. Um, God's not just present. He's really, really good. But there's a lot of times he'll test you to the last minute. Uh, Brian Schwartz gave me a word at the table. He said, there's a ram in the thicket. And I said, this is not going to be easy. As soon as he said that... <laughs> He said, he's right there. He was, he was really hopeful, but I heard what he was saying, and it happened. So it was amazing to... Um, really quick, I, I, so we've been married for 10 years. I started uh, full-time ministry the year before we got married. And um, so I pastored a young adults kind of college-age church in Milledgeville, Georgia. Do we have any Georgia College and State University people in here? Probably not. Uh, yeah, who, yeah, where's that? Uh, it used to be an all-women's uh, uh, school. I met somebody recently from here that actually their mom went there. My friend, Mama Jane. Mama Jane, okay. Interesting. Um, and then after a few years of doing that, we ended up uh, planting a church in McDonough, Georgia. That's about eight years ago when we did that. And uh, it's just been an amazing journey of being able to be a part of coming from the Baptist world where I was against the things of the Spirit, coming into a place where we're encountering Jesus like we read in the Bible and uh, experiencing the miraculous, experiencing um, a house church movement through college campuses. Um, I was here, actually, 
um, about in, seven years ago with the ministry, and the young adults were coming, atheists were being healed. It, it was just uh, wild what was going on. And I feel like for us, for my family and I, and even for this spiritual family, something's happening in this family where God is just bringing people together. And it's not about one person or another. It's actually about the collective body coming together and joints of supply being connected to where it's like, I mean, when there's a kink in the hose, there's a kink in the hose, you know, and it just gets unraveled all of a sudden. And that's what I feel like the Lord showed me is that there's actually a back pressure here because there was a, there was this season of shifting and changing where there needed to, to be an alignment and a different volunteers and different staff members and different leaders and different things that needed to happen. And even the legacy uh, building funds starting and going that direction. Because you know that I changed the name of our church back in McDonough to Legacy a year ago. Chad did, and that was, this whole thing was spinning up. That's another story. They're asking us back home, oh, so they put Legacy up on the stage because you and Corey are there and they're it's, we're like, no, nothing to do with us. Uh, but it's been a sign and a wonder. It's been amazing. So I'm, I'm going to jump in. I know I just hit a few things about myself. I just don't want to waste any more time on it for now. Um, we'll definitely get to know each other over the coming years, if the Lord wills. Um, two week, or I've been here for maybe 16 days now. And two days after I moved into my house, I had a, a dream. And in the dream, I saw a sentence. Uh, Chad mentioned this the other day. I didn't always experience the Lord this way. For years, when God would speak to me, he would speak to me in riddles. And that's not unbiblical. You know, the Old Testament, he says, when I speak to a prophet, I speak to him in dark sayings and riddles. And even Jesus, when he comes and he's communicating, he's telling stories and parables. And Chad was referencing, you know, can you just tell us what you're saying? And and there's a place in the prophetic, which is the place of, it's, it's like a priestly pl- place in the prophetic, where God starts to speak to you plainly as a man speaks to a man. And that is not supposed to be something special. It is special, but it's not supposed to be something that's just for prophets, if you want to call them that, or pastors or people in full-time ministry. It's actually what God has for us just as believers, and I don't hear from him like that all every day, but if you need to start expecting your intimacy with God to grow to a place and your trust with him and his trust with you to grow to a place when, where he doesn't have to just give you a dark saying, there's a place for that. He still does that with me. But there's something amazing when he just spells it out. Just makes it easy. This is what I saw. I saw a, a sentence, and the sentence was this. The economy of Greenville will surge in 2019. The word surge. To move suddenly and powerfully forward or upward. There's a back pressure. If you don't know what back pressure is, it means that there's pressure, but something that was stopping it. I'm not trying to identify exactly what that is. I don't think it's one thing. I think it's a lot of different things. But there are times and seasons when God actually does what biblically I, I believe you can call a suddenly. Where all of a sudden, something changes. Not something slow, 
but something changes really quick. And over this region, there's so much prophetic destiny and so much promise that what's happening is, if you think about the joints of supply in the body, if something's dislocated, but in, in the spiritual family, and I believe even outside of this house, God has sent people to the city and brought an alignment to all of a sudden the things that heaven wants to express through culture, through church, through the miraculous, through family, through the school systems, through every different profession, every part of culture. There's a, a shift that's happening that's really significant in this region where God is all of a sudden, it's like now he can flow in a more free way. I, I stood with a couple in my house yesterday who uh, were just coming through and, and I hadn't seen them in three or four years and uh, since they left our church to move and they came and they're like, we're, we're thinking about uh, moving to this area. I'm like, you, can't, you cannot be serious. Why? You drive, if you love food and you drive down Woodruff Road, you'll know why. Okay. I need... Get Jess back up here to play a little, little something. I want to read this scripture in Isaiah 59, starting in verse 16. There, there's so much justice that is over this house. What I mean is things that haven't happened or you've hoped that they would happen, you thought they would, or things that the enemy stole. There's, a, there's a, a hammer of God's justice that he's wanting to release onto this spiritual family yes. and onto this region. Yes. It's a retribution. Chad used that word as a word for himself for 2019. Oil flows from the top down. If, if, if he comes into a season of retribution where God repays his enemies yes. tenfold, that means we all come into that season. And that's a lot of fun. So look at Isaiah 59. He, he saw that there was no man and was amazed. He was talking about all the injustice. He was amazed that there was no one to intercede on behalf of truth and right. Therefore, his own arm threw, brought salvation to him. Got the amplified, yeah. And his own righteousness sustained him. For he, the Lord, put on righteousness like a coat of armor and salvation like a helmet on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and covered himself with zeal and great love for all of his people as his cloak. As their deeds deserve, so he will repay. Wrath to his adversaries, retribution to his enemies, to the islands and coastlands he will repay so that they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a narrow rushing stream which the breath of the Lord drives overwhelming the enemy. A redeemer will come to Zion and to those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant. I want you to receive this for your family. Talk about legacy. This is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you, writing the law of God on the heart, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouths of your true spiritual children, nor from the mouth of your children's children, says the Lord, now and forever. Now, I'm going to spend just a few minutes breaking down what it looks like 
Well, let me just ask this question. How many of you resonate somehow with what I'm saying? That you, there's a sense of something, there's some kind of tipping point that's happening in this region right now and in this fa- family. Okay, so we're on the same page. We're in agreement. So the next question is this. How do I partner with that season? And I don't want you to think like a charismatic. If you have a charismatic hat on, go ahead and take it off. I know I said prophetic and I said angel and you're shaking. But uh, um, we, have to, we need to take our charismatic hats off several hours a day. Especially when we start thinking about the move of God. Because like, uh, like Putty Putnam said, if, if just wild meetings was going to change our culture... We've, we had a, we've had a lot of them, a lot of them. I mean, I only had one service a week back, back home. I, I'm already gone to more church than the last four months. And it's great. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. God does so many things, it's necessary. But we have to think outside of that even. We have to start thinking a little bit more holistically. Now all the Whole Foods people just got chills. Uh, not that holistic. <laughs> Different. We need to start thinking broad, a broader spectrum. I love it. I love, I love healing. I love miracles. I love it. And I, we've seen so many things happen. I mean, I'll never, and you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's so exciting. But I've also seen someone flow in the power of the Spirit, but then be an absolute jerk at home to their wife and kids. And it's just not what God's doing these days. It's not okay. I've heard people preach that, you know, listen, when you come into ministry and you answer that call, uh, you might have to put your family on the altar if God requires it. And uh, that's demonic. That's demonic. God is a father. God is a husband. He is family. Real revival really does look like healthy family. So we've got to take our charismatic hat off and stop thinking about just meetings and how awesome the meetings can be and start thinking about what can I do the other 166 hours a week because <laughs> that's where the Holy Spirit is moving, capital M. It's not a prophetic thing or a ideology thing where it's like, well, is church this important or that important? It's just a time issue. You only have two or three hours here, six hours if you're staff. You know, it's, it's not the place where God is choosing to do most of his work. And that should be encouraging to you because that means that you get a whole lot more time to walk with the father and a whole lot more can happen in 166 hours than in two hours. Right. So God's going to do something tonight, but I want you to don't, don't ever walk away from a church meeting and go, man. That was awesome, but uh, I just feel like there's more. I can't wait for next Sunday night. No. Take the charismatic hat off. You feel like there's more because maybe you've been living a lifetime of spirit-filled life where you've trapped the move of the spirit into a meeting and you can't figure out why you can't get over this insatiable desire for the speaker on the platform to call you out just one time. For, for, for God just to do something in you or for it's, it's a, it's a, it's a paradigm that's just not reality in the kingdom of God. 
I'm going to name a few things. This isn't an exhaustive list of what I believe God's about to do and what he's doing. I believe there's going to be an explosion of the miraculous. There's already uh, Corey, who's the new youth pastor. He uh, prayed over a lady this past week who had a level six pain in her back from a herniated disc. And it went from six to zero instantly. God just instantly healed her. He, te- he texted me the testimony and I said, I said, here we go. All we need is one. That, and and there's, there's something, the way that this works is that we don't just sit back in our chairs. I love the participation that I'm getting. Um, a lot of my other congregation was awesome, but they were all Baptists. And I was Baptist too. So it was perfectly fine for the silence, to, for there to be silence all the time. But uh, so as people are talking back to me, I'm like, what is happening? Um, <laughs> y'all are going to mess me up. Uh, momentum happens in, in the kingdom. There, there's, not, there's not this uh, this sit back and wait on the Holy Spirit to do something sovereignly because we prayed for it. That's not how it, it works 99% of the time. Amen. And if that, biblically, that's not how it works 99% of the time that, that you're in the Acts 2 room, in the upper room, and then God just falls, and then, uh, and then we just stay in the upper room, and then the Holy Spirit goes out and evangelizes the world. That's not, it's not even biblical reality. What happens is the Holy Spirit falls. How many of you have received the Holy Spirit? That's, that's amazing. Okay. And then we pray, but we pray with the intention of acting on our prayers. I need a volunteer, maybe Miss Beebe. Here, Beebe. I don't know if I can reach you from here. I want to put my hand on your shoulder. I want to show you if you've been praying. How many of you have been praying for healing to break out in your life? Miracles, like through your hands, right? Okay, I'm gonna, this is going to be very uh, intense. Not really. Baby knows I'm kidding. Uh, and very complicated. I want to show you what it looks like to have faith to heal the sick. You ready? Faith? Not faith. Faith. Not faith. Hmm? Yeah, I know. It's difficult. It's really difficult. But when I have my charismatic hat on, I'm not bashing charismatic. I, I, I am that. But, but when, I, when I have that hat on, I, I get that an, a way of thinking that actually isn't conducive to moving with the surge of the kingdom of God, then I, I think that I just pray for healing and that's it, you know? And, and I can get so caught up in my mind of like, what, what's wrong with me? You know, do I have faith? Do I not have faith? I don't know if I have enough faith. If enough faith, not enough faith. I'm a simple person. When it gets complicated, I just like, uh, I'm out. And for a, a lot of us, the supernatural and the miraculous has been so compli- complicated and mysterious and strange. And it is, the, it is those things as well. But it's also really simple. He said, those who believe, got any believers? Will heal the sick. But the distance between the power of God hitting in our life, in our family, with our kids, even when your kid has a headache or your wife is sick, whatever it is, 
in our schools, in, our, in the workplace. The, dif- the distance is the distance between you touching their shoulder and you not touching their shoulder. That's the on-off switch. Power, no power. Power, being silent, no power. Power, being still, no power. Any amount of prayer that's, you can pray for 30 years for something to happen. If I pray for healing for 30 years, but I don't ever pray for the sick, James says, I'm full of myself. Faith without works is dead. A prayer, a true prayer of faith that actually brings heaven to earth is matched with action. There's a reason that this thing that uh, has been prophesied is called a movement. And it's not the movement from your house to church every Sunday. You can't count on God to swing your sword for you. Like, he did it one, he did it one time to get you into this thing. But if, you're an, if my 18-year-old is asking me to brush his teeth for him, it's going to get weird, you know? Dad, who should I marry? Like, son, stop. Should I brush my teeth today? Yes. When you're 18, it's time for you to go out on your own, your own place. It's, it's important, you know, there's these things that are happening that aren't just miraculous, and I want to name some of these things, and I want us to just host the presence of God for a few minutes and just see what the Holy Spirit's doing in the room. Um, sometimes a surge of the kingdom of God looks like a financial prosperity, Sometimes, though, it looks like God restoring healthy rest rhythms in your family. Some of you, you, you don't, you're not coming to a season where it's all about the miraculous. Some of you are coming to a season where it's about self-care and having a healthier marriage because you're spending more time together. Having healthier relationship with your family and the Holy Spirit moving through there and the prophetic flowing into your family or you know, whatever, whatever situation it is. Family health. There are also, I saw a, a back pressure of encounters and prayer. And again, it's that rhythm of actually just getting alone with the Lord. People who get alone with God more have more encounters with God. If you ask, you'll receive. Whatever excuse that anybody in this room has had in their hearts, especially, I, I felt this really for leaders and people who you, you go, man, you f- even maybe feel condemned that you're not seeing more fruit of the kingdom in your life. I, f- I saw lights shining on people's heads tonight, and it's like this, whatever it is that's, been, that's kept you in your seat, that's kept you just being a nice Christian instead of terrorizing the enemy and, and having childlike faith that, you know, you just pray for somebody if they're sick, you can cast out a demon, no problem. You know, you can prophesy. I mean, we can't go to another conference. We need, we need a breakthrough of boldness. We need courage. And that can, that's not something you can just stir up in yourself, but you can know that, okay, I'm going to have to step out of this boat, so God help me have courage to step out of this boat. And you start stepping out in whatever area it is. You know, for us, my wife came home 
from a, a, a teaching career so that she could spend more time with our kids and we could have a more free schedule. That's the kingdom coming to my house, and that's the way it looks in my house. Amen. I love the miracles. But this, had, this revival and what God's doing has to start impacting all of our life, especially our family life, if we're ever going to change culture. Because family is actually the crux. It's the, it's the center of all culture. And so it's, it's God's landing pad first. There's this position in the kingdom of God where you just, you start assuming that God wants you to swing your sword. You start going unless God says no. This happened in Jesus' ministry as he's following the Father and in Paul's ministry all through the book of Acts. It would say he's going to a certain city because he knew he had a word behind him. He knew that guy from stage said, uh, Paul, listen, the surge is coming. I'm sending you out. Here's your role. Whatever it is, that prophetic word that he had, he knew. And so within that wide scope of the prophetic word, he just started going, ah, here. I'll go here. If he had heard from God to go there, then why God tell him not to go there? Several times he changed directions. It's actually a, an ethic or a way of thinking for an apostolic culture. We go unless God says no. There are some people, I had this word, that you've been asking God if he wants you to go on a mission trip or if he wants you to uh, go on outreach or, or minister to this person or that person. Just, I want you, if you just want me to, then I want you to, to tell me to do it. And he's going, no, 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 no. I've already commissioned you through the word of God. Go unless I say no. Ask him if you're not supposed to go. And go unless he says no. God, you find him in the go. You find him as you go. That changes everything. They don't have to be so prophetic. It gets exhausting sometimes having to always have a word before you step out. It really does. And a lot of people feel that sense of like suffocation because it's like, man, it's like, man, Chad, he always having something happen, always having something happen. Maybe it's because Chad wakes up and goes, I assume that God wants to do a lot of things today. I've been in a Walmart, I'm not kidding, and walked up to somebody and said, I have a word for you. And I did not have a word for them. It's called open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. The issue isn't the flow of the Spirit or the surge of the Holy Spirit that wants to come to this region. The issue is having a volunteer army that says, give us courage. Because if God is doing what He's saying He's going to do and what He's doing, that's the issue. We need courage to walk this out. Because it's messy, it's difficult, every day isn't exciting. We have to keep on signing up.